welcome to episode 16 of Winging It. Simply named Spoiled. We've had a, an emergency get-together to talk about the Roy's position in context for the defeat to Bournemouth at home. It's Albert and it's Heskiff. Welcome, lads. <clears throat> I thought you were going to say we're spoiled because Albert's here and it's just great company, but <laughs> apparently not. To be honest, that should be the name of the episode every week. Yeah. <laughs> well, we forgot to organise recording the pod this week because we just forgot that Bournemouth is on Wednesday night, <laughs> which is the night we normally record. So this morning, Albert had said he couldn't do Thursday night, but your Stranger Things tickets have gone AWOL. What, what happened, Albert? <clears throat> Two vomiting children. That's what's happened. Um, <laughs> can't go out when you've got ill kids. Can't bring someone else around and pretend everything's all right. Yeah, 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 they're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't get too close. No, I, no, it, was, it would be irresponsible. So uh, oh. it was my wife's birthday present. It's been in the diary for about seven months. And, of course, it's been fucked up. So here we are. I thought, you know, what's the second best thing to do tonight? And it's clearly talking about last night. So, yeah. yeah. Well, your wife's loss is our listeners' gain. <laughs> when I messaged, I said, So can you do the pod tonight? Quote, I'm really not in the mood, but that's probably a good thing. I'm in. <laughs> I said that to the wife as well. <laughs> and she said no you're not uh, right so before we get into all of the shenanigans that happened at Sellers Park on Wednesday night against Bournemouth not just Stranger Things show we've got freaking Stranger FA Cup date against Everton now I don't know if you, you heard about this, but in the FA Cup third round draw, 10 London clubs were drawn at home in the third round, including all seven Premier League London teams. Wow. Not, not, not sure if they included Watford in that, Albert. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Metropolitan Police are like, please move some games around. So Palace has been moved to Thursday night, Thursday the 4th of January. Why don't we just save the police... The players, the clubs, the fans, the effort, and just give Everton a fucking bye into the next round. <laughs> this one's on us. Don't I worry mean, about it. If Roy's still in charge, it'll give him the bye anyway. So, mm. <clears throat> Indeed. But in good news surrounding the FA Cup, the FA Cup youth third round took place today in Crystal Palace narrow victory away at Plymouth 2-1 so good start we spoiled <laughs> we talked on previous pods about hoping that they can make a run at the FA Cup this season you know as a sort of sign of progress at the academy so a good start Someone's there got a, to. yeah exactly in a very tricky fixture we didn't even have to bring on Mateta to get the win <laughs> did it without him <laughs> oh what a night what a night. That's, that's exactly why we're spoiled, because of nights like that at Plymouth, when you have to dig yourself out of a gigantic hole against lower league opposition. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot to open my beer. 
I was going to say, I'm surprised you haven't got an incredibly fucking strong one today. Yeah. Well, even um, I'd tuck into one of yours tonight. <laughs> we did. Uh, we had our Christmas dinner arranged, like, like all the group of fans I go with last night. And we went to the tie on Portland Road opposite the Albion. And loads of people ended up having to drop out because of the train strikes and whatever. Norwood Junction Station was closed after the game, surprisingly. And no one no one was told that was going to happen. Uh, so a few of us went and I ended up in the Jolly Sailor after closing time drinking. <laughs> so I'm a bit hungover today. This one in helped. the Jolly Sailor or in a Jolly Sailor? The Jolly Sailor pub. It reopened, didn't you know? Just checking. But um, you got, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Shout out to my boy Sergio. He he brought this to my house the other when we were watching... Oh, it was a Milan game. Wally Winker's Death by Chocolate. <laughs> it's Inter Milan colours, isn't it? No, it's purple and black. Is it? No, it's yeah. Willy... What, what? Oh, it does Wally, look blue on the camera. Wally, Wally Winker's... Wally Winkers. Try and saying that after you've had half of it. <laughs> <laughs> How strong is it? It's only 4.5. So, I'm looking at a bit of, a, what is it, AMSR? ASMR. ASMR. Fucking SHIT. <laughs> <laughs> it is obviously being a triple chocolate stout. A triple chocolate. Triple. It's not mm. underplaying mm. how much chocolate's in there. Well, I'm not really a stouty person to be honest, but how I'll much um, how much chocolate's in your uh, can there, Albert? Um, uh, no chocolate, I don't think. Um, I'm drinking. What's your favourite? What are your two favourite Italian lagers, Heskith? Oh God, I don't know. Two, do Moretti. Yeah, and what's the other one? Mm. That sounds like a former goalkeeper. Oh, yeah, Peroni. <laughs> yeah. Is this Moroni well, or Peretti? Cl- it's, yeah, what we've done is we've fused those and yeah. we've got a kind of P- Peretti. Oh, lovely. It's is that an Audi riff-off or something? No, <laughs> no, it? no. It's, no, look, it's genuine Italian beer. Gianni uh, <laughs> Italia, Birificio, Angelo Peretti, Italian Hotmasters, Beera Italiana Premium. On the blurb, uh, brew, brewed in Wolverhampton. Great. Yeah. And Denmark. I don't know how that works. There you go. Well, Wolverhampton was the last time we won at home. Oh, Jesus. Because we're spoiled, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, the beer's, the beer's all right. It's not not ready for me. Not, not a stouty person. Breweries no. Westerham, if you're interested. Would you have preferred if it was just the double chocolate? <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> yeah, double IPAs over triple IPAs. Maybe double chocolate over triple chocolate. Well, it's the natural progression, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, that's enough talking shit about beer. Now into someone else who talks a load of shit. Simon Jordan. I know. If you've seen it, like, Heskiff's nodding. He sees everything. Nothing gets by him. Quote. We've I'm heard- going to agree with it. I'm, I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to agree with it. I just know it. <laughs> We've heard stories of the stadium being built and rebuilt, but that's never going to happen because I know it can't happen. Do you remember? <laughs> I make, yeah, yeah. I'll make him right. 
<laughs> Do you remember when he told everyone that he owned the stadium and made T-shirts out of it? Mm. I wonder if that's why he knows. He made T-shirts out of the stadium. Yeah, there, there was t- so you know, like oh, I've I've bought the stadium back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, to do with Terence, I'm ninety nine percent sure no, that there was one hundred T-shirts. There was one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But what's then, what's the bigger lot? What's the bigger lie? Claiming you've bought it or claiming you're going to rebuild a quarter of it? Do you know? <laughs> think about it for years. Uh, Ron Nodes had a model of Sellers Park in the reception, which was like the homestyle on all four sides. <laughs> that never happened. No. Oh, I wonder if it's because of the river running underneath. <laughs> if, we, if we try and build a new main stand, it would burst its banks and we'll just be a f- flooded. We might play better football. <laughs> More I take of a chance. it. I take it after last night. <laughs> That is a river yeah. comprised of blood and sweat. And, and all the effort has gone in. <laughs> and and mainly the tears, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mainly the tears. Mainly the tears. Oh, yeah. Um, let's briefly touch on West Ham then. That's from the weekend. Hesk, if you went, I did. What did, it feel, what did it feel like in the stands? I mean, I'll tell you that watching on TV... I found it really hard not to pick up my phone and just start scrolling on my phone because it was that fucking boring. Well, I got the I got the worst of both worlds because they loused up letting people in. So I missed kickoff, even though we were there like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes before kickoff. Bonus. Which was which was great. There was a guy who in front of us in the queue who was watching the game on his phone who became very popular until it started buffering and then he got booed. Um, <laughs> and then the, the the worst of both worlds was we eventually got in i found my seat and three minutes later west ham scored so i didn't even miss their goal which would have been the only silver lining mm. um yeah i just a really unremarkable game wasn't it? it it went quite quickly i think it's a good thing in the stand to be fair that's what happens when you miss the first 20 minutes yeah <laughs> this doesn't feel like 90 minutes at all um it just yeah nothing really happened did it i took Edouard took his goal well. We were sort of in line with it, and it looked mm. all the, for all the world like it wasn't going in until it did. Um, but yeah, just pretty boring, you know. Nothing really happened. I I definitely thought they were scoring that header header at the end. Yeah, um, it was one. Yeah, it, it, it had that air of inevitability about it. The whole move for them, all of a sudden, the only time in the game everything works perfectly. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh, great, here we go. And then Bowen fucked it. You had that, you know, that split second when you're an away fan of hearing the entire home fans make that noise just before they celebrate. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, not ended with a cheer, but ended with a groan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I was quite happy with the point because I thought we'd lose. It wasn't a great performance, but little did I know what was to come a few days later. So I'll <laughs> lean on the... The bright side of things, eh? Yeah. Uh, arguably, another Sam Johnson error for the goal. What do you reckon, Albert? Do you think that's harsh because there is a slight deflection in there? Or do you, do you think he should be saving that? Um, I'll be honest. Such is last night lodged in my brain. I'm struggling to fucking remember <laughs> Sunday's game. Uh, well, uh, Will, Will, Will Hughes completely lost him in the middle of the park. <laughs> And then someone well, cut it, I, I cut do it remember. 
<laughs> I do remember Will Hughes having a not having a great game on Sunday. That that definitely um, lingered over me. But that's not to say anybody else particularly did. But I'm always a bit of a you know I feel like Will Hughes has come in for unfair criticism in previous games. Some of it from Roy Hodgson, I imagine. Um, but I thought even the staunchest Will Hughes fan would have said he was struggling on Sunday. Um, yeah, the goal. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it is a it is a bit of a clangor on Johnson. I think yeah, there's a deflection, but you could still expect a bit better from mm. what is ultimately a England first choice contender goalkeeper. Mm, like it, didn't, it didn't. It even really seemed to be going that hard. The ball, you know, like he. It almost looked like he got there, but just let it go in. You know, his hand. Mm. Was, I don't know. Not mm. not a good not a good uh, look for the goalie. No, no kudos to him. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> that's worse. That's worse than your pre-recording Batman Forever joke. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'll leave it out, will you? <laughs> that was strictly off air. <laughs> um, yeah, next time we you see get Al- it because it involves mentioning a, a going to a video shop. <laughs> you know what I mean, this just doesn't work. You're, coming, you're believing that anyone under the age of 40 listens to this podcast. <laughs> That's true. I'm under 40. Yeah, you, you don't listen, listen to, to us. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I, have, I have to listen to you live. <laughs> oh, dear. So you said that Edouard took his goal well. He's been getting people suggesting that he got lucky with it. You're going to give him the credit for that. It was because a lot of strikers do do that deliberately scuff the finish, like kick it into the ground. Yeah. Especially when there's players in front of them to get that sort of bobble effect. Um, do you think it was that, or is that giving him too much credit? Um, I, I don't know if he scuffed it on purpose, but I mean, having seen, <laughs> having seen what some of the other strikers in our squad do, I don't think anyone should be criticizing one who gets it in the bloody net. Well, it's it's an interesting one, right? Because we were talking quite a lot about Edouard before and after the game, actually, on uh, last night against Bournemouth. He's now, including the Bournemouth game, he's got six goals in 14 games now, which is, you know, close to one in two. I mean, what more do we want? You know, he's already matched his best ever goals, had he for us in a season at six. But it still feels like there's a lot of people saying he isn't good enough or, you know, he's not what we need. But, in terms of when you go and look at the strikers who have scored more goals than him in the league, it's Haaland, it's Watkins, it's, you know, you're not, what do you want? Like, who do you, who do you want us to go and sign? Who's going to do better? Mm. I don't know. But but I can't help shake that feeling that he's, he's still not, you know, I still don't think, I used to think he was good and there was a player in there and maybe there is still a player in there, but it's just his work with his back to goal is just still drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still like him. Um, I, I think that there's a few people who stand around me who just don't like him, whatever he does. And I think some of those people, it, it will just never win him over. I know what you mean about sometimes with his bats to goal, he leaves a lot to be desired. But I think for us, we don't really create that much. And for him to have scored six in 14... I just I don't think we can ask that much more of him, to be honest. We don't create a lot. So 
you know, him taking chances. And he scored some pretty good goals, I think, this year. Mm. Um, I think it would help if we had other strikers who could score. Because I just, whenever Mateta comes on, you know, he came on slash yesterday. Slash play football. Slash play football. <laughs> came on yesterday, misjudged a jump to head the ball again and lost a header to someone half his height again. Um, that doesn't help. But yeah, I, I, mean, I think Edouard's all right. I don't think, like you say, I don't think he's a, an Ollie Watkins or a, he's definitely obviously not a Haaland. <laughs> but for us, I think, I think he's all right. Yeah, I don't so think he's, I don't think he's a back to goal kind of striker. Like if you look at all of Edouard's best moments have come, he's quite, he's quite instinctive, whether that be he finds himself through on goal and he's got to get a shot away, you know, quick, you know, playing on the last shoulder. He's not, you know, he's not a, He's not a hold the ball up 20 yards out, release it, and then finds himself on the edge of the six-yard box, you know, putting a return crossing. Um, there were moments when Zaha was still here where Edward, I thought his hold-up play was pretty decent, but he was playing too deep to turn and release it to Zaha or Elise, and then he wasn't in the box. And that's not his fault. That's just that's just not a strength of his. I think we, we, we shouldn't be trying to play a style of football that relies on Edward having his back to goal. Ultimately, I think he's, whilst he's not lightning quick, he is the sort of striker that's better playing on the shoulder and trying to sort of get in behind and, and getting a shot away because over the, over the last couple of seasons, when he's had those opportunities, he does he does tend to score. He's just not he's just not a, a, a player that's that effective 25 yards from goal. Mm, yeah, it's nice. Like when he's got people closing around him, he often pulls off a lot of nice back heels and flicks and bouncing off each other. But yeah, it's, um, there is still a large element of playing for a Roy team that you need to have, be good with your back to goal. And that's probably what frustrates me. But as I, let's say, looking at the list of players above who have scored more, Callum Wilson, Solanke, so Slang's doing well. And we, we tried as we might to sign him back in the day, <laughs> didn't happen. And Buemo. Uh, who's taking penalties as well. Isak Watkins, He-Chan, I would snap him up off a wall straight away, that guy. But then saying yeah, that he, he, looks good. he thrives on service. So <laughs> and, <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Jared Bowen, Son, Salah and Haaland. So, you know, in, in that in that sense, in the goals numbers column, he's, he's doing all right. And it's not like he's grabbing braces all the time or anything like that. So he is scoring in a lot volume of games as well so yeah I don't know and he's probably got a cut he got one in the cup as well did he score in the cup yeah scored it scored against Plymouth yeah so I don't know there you go okay Bournemouth (laughs) was any uh, Roy after the game talked about Palace fans expecting to run Bournemouth over or blow them away Either of you, you're both shaking. You're both shaking your head on screen. Like no, I didn't, no one went into that game expecting that. I said, there's a, so many people at work. They do, you know, you do like almost like their equivalent of Super Six, just on you know on a bit of paper at work. And I had so many people got you tonight, put you down for a win tonight, and I was like, I don't know what you're doing. What you, I, honestly, what are you doing? Please don't. I don't want to be held in any way responsible, even though it's fuck all to do with me. And then, yeah, <laughs> cut to this morning. What happened? So I told you. Like, yeah. I, I was never, ever, the, the the thought of using terms like roll them over, blow them away. I, I can't say I troll social media pre-game that much, but I'd struggle to find 
anyone who was like, yeah, we're going to turn this lot over. No yeah. chance. Yeah. I was actually on the walk up. I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were saying to me, like, do you fancy us? I was like, not really. I think I think we've caught Bournemouth at exactly the wrong time. Mm. But it doesn't matter because it's still Bournemouth at home. You know, we've, what was it? we've won five on the bounce against Bournemouth, beating them 2-0 in the last three games. You know, so they haven't scored against us in four years or five years or whatever. Um, so it's a bit, you know, bit of a tough game for us and it did prove to be that way. I thought they they weren't amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but we never really ever looked like scoring. Except for me the first half when Heskiff, I know you enjoyed Jeffrey Schlupp tackling Edouard when he was trying to tap in a rebound. <laughs> I don't have any words for that man anymore. <laughs> It's a, it's a weird, do you know, it's a weird thing that Roy said. That, well, I'm sure we'll get into a lot of the other stuff Roy said as well. And I know that I'm always pessimistic and that, but like you guys were saying, no one thought we were going to, I never think Palace are going to roll anyone over for a start. But Bournemouth are in good form. They're playing some good stuff. I thought they were comfortably better than us yesterday. And I don't think they really got out of second gear. Um, You know, for for a team that's won one game at home this season, I don't know how anyone could be confident that we're going to go into a home game and roll someone over. Like, I'm happy with a draw these days. So it was a very odd thing to say, but not not the oddest thing for him to say, as I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Have you seen that stat that's just been posted on the group by a friend of the show, Billiam? No. Palace's home record so far is their worst since the year 2000. There's a stat for you. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiled. Um, spoiled. So we've been sp- spoiled in, in, in the last 23 years. <coughs> yeah, I mean, it is bad. And when it's bad at home, that's when it... Because I'm actually shocked to hear it's the worst since that long ago I would have assumed there would have been a worse one in the Premier League era I guess Pulis got in just in time to yeah. <laughs> turn fortunes into a first. yeah <laughs> mm, yeah interesting so <clears throat> I, I, yeah we'll, we'll get into Roy later let's not let's not get into his quotes yet um, what, what worried me last night was it looked like despite Roy saying it, he thought the players tried hard. I didn't think that that looked like, it looked like there was one player on the pitch trying hard and that was Jefferson Lerma because he was playing against his old club yeah. and wanted to clearly, you know, show the reason why he moved. Mm. Did he hit the post? Yes. Yeah, I was just like coming down the stairs why it was happening. It happened in early in the second half? Yeah, it's sur- surging run forward and, Smashed it and it hit the post, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, I just, I must have, my eyes must have been playing a trick when I was bouncing down the stairs to try and get to my seat because I thought the goalie saved it. But okay, there you go. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, he was the only player. And, and, but he, even by, you know, he, he had quite a poor game because he was probably trying too hard, trying to make a lot happen and trying to force things and whatever. But yeah, what did you think, Al? Would you think it was, did it look like players playing for the manager? Um, 
I can't say it screamed of it. Um, the one, the one really worrying thing for me, and it's I'm not I'm not singling him, singling him out because I think he deserves flack. But Mark Gay, he looked like he wanted to be anywhere else on the planet than at Sellers Park last night. Um, yeah, and you know he's norm he's normally as vocal as anybody and, you know, leads by example and, you know, and it's not to say he had a, he had a terrible game. I thought he had a fairly decent game, got some decent tackles in, obviously he scuffs the clearance, which gives the corner away that leads to the goal. But just his general demeanour was, was um, rather alarming. Yeah. Funnily enough, as I was leaving uh, after the, after the full-time whistle, but everyone was cheering, uh, Cheering, they weren't cheering, chanting, um, fucking useless. He walked over and was clapping, but nodding his head, yeah. He and did it's a hard to tell, up, yeah, yeah, where he was yeah. like, Yeah, we are fucking useless, or Yeah, well done for telling you know, like saying it, you know. Um, and it no, just, I, I think he was very much like, Yeah, I know, like, you're right, we hear yeah. you. It was that it's kind. Of, it was like, yeah, yeah, it's not good enough. We know, like, and he continued to clap and came over to the home cell. So fair, fair fucks to him. Yeah, that he actually, you know, fronted it up, which is you know captain behaviour really. And he's like, he said, yeah, what? he was like, to me, it looked like he's saying, yeah, no argument. You're absolutely right. And yeah, boo, boo away. We know, we know. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, like it, 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 this whole world, they were trying. I like it. Just didn't seem like they were. You know, there were so many points in the game. Well, you know, one of our players had the ball. One of our centre halves had the ball. No one was moving. Um, everyone was just stood where they were. And someone after the game, when was having a drink in the bar, was like, "It's like that's what they do in training." Okay, when he's got the ball, you stand here, and it's like the beginning of a drill. But then you haven't taught them what to do after that. And it, it just no one seems to really give a shit. You know, I think at least they had one sort of mazy run in the second half where he got like shoved over by their by their defender. But other than that, like no one seemed to want to run with the ball. No one seemed to want to take control of the ball. So if that's players trying, then fucking we're in real trouble because that didn't look like it to me. Yeah, talking about players standing in positions like you watch it, it will be the same against Liverpool, I'm sure. When we pl- play the ball out from the back, whoever's playing the deepest midfield role will drop into the middle of the park just in front of the back three. Mm-hmm. And then Schlupp and whoever the other midfielder is will be split fucking miles apart either side of the centre circle on the halfway line. And it's all and all of it is 100% to try and open up the long diagonal from Anderson's pass. But it's been about 10 games now that clubs have got wise to it and they just yeah. don't do it. They don't do it anymore. They don't fall for the put getting dragged inside and opening up the space. It just doesn't happen. I don't need to look at stats to know that Anderson's long passings completion has fallen off a cliff in the last five games because yeah. it's just not there anymore. And there's no realisation, it seems like, from the bench to be like, we need to try something different. We need to try and actually bring Schlupp and the other midfielder a, a bit deeper to open up some passing lanes for it was Chris Richards last night who was dropping in there to pick it up. Need to create some passing lanes for him and try and drag players out of position in another way because this isn't working anymore. And it's the same as it's been a long time Hodgson Lewington tactic where the fullbacks off the ball 
will not engage outside the width of the 18-yard box until the winger is 18 yards from goal. Mm. It's a That's a dead tactic now. It's over with like flooding wings and stuff like that now what happens. It's like, like teams are just tearing, right, it, tearing apart of it. They're tearing yeah. us apart with it. So that's why you end up with Wardy and Mitchell looking exposed all the time. Especially like particularly Mitchell, because Mitchell is the one who's also trying to get forward a lot as well. And it's all coming down his side. Well, it won't anymore because he's fucking injured, but it's all <laughs> yeah. down his side. And it's under direct instruction for him to not engage until they're eighteen yards from goal. And it's just it's just a mess. And that and that's why I worry that the game has finally passed Roy by in that sense and you know is there any even hunger to try and keep up with it in the sense you've only got one season left in that kind of scenario but yeah shit and then Albert another Sam Johnson error at the end I mean what the fuck was he doing I'm coming to get you no I'm not um (laughs) yeah yeah that was just that was just calamitous it was um I think it was about 10 minutes before that, as previously mentioned in the show, I've had a couple of poorly children in the house, my poorly children. Um, and <laughs> it, it, became, it, it became aware that um, my eldest, who hadn't been ill up until this point, had been sick about 10 minutes before that. And I, you know, my Joe was like, oh, I'll go and clear it up. I was like, do you know what? I'm so sick of watching this fucking game. I'll go and fucking clear the vomit up. That's how great a time I was having. And then, not only had I done done that, I came uh, I came down, and yeah, that's when the atrocity of the second goal happened. Was it Kiefer, Kiefer Moore's first goal in over a year? Do you know what? I am sure I mentioned this on the pod at the time, but me and my friend Jason went to Bournemouth away on New Year's Eve last season, and Kiefer Moore played up front, and we both said it's the single worst individual performance I've ever seen in the Premier League. From yes, a I remember that. He was dire. Awful, awful. And I didn't even know it was him that scored. I was in Glazers having a pint after. And my mate was like, can you believe Kiefer fucking Moore scored? And I was like... And it turns out, it, it turns out he heard you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been working. All, there's a montage. There's a montage somewhere of Kiefer Moore working yeah. all year. To, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to prove this arsehole wrong. He's not yeah. going to score again for five years, but good for him. It was. It's so, do you know what's bad as well? You're saying about it passing Roy by. There's so many different examples of not having a backup plan. You know, I, I, I said, uh, in fact, I was talking to Cole about it and said, you know, like after 55 minutes when it's not working, why don't you go two up front and bring Mateta on then? Why don't you just bring on Franca and just see what happened? Like, it might not work. Franca might be shit. JP might fall over himself, but at least you're giving it a bit of a go. Bringing on JP on 85 minutes or whatever is completely pointless. Oh, what you mean to say you're 1-0 down at home in a game that you really kind of need to win? You, you mean that Ahamada and Hughes for for Ward <laughs> and whoever it was ain't, ain't, the, ain't the one? Isn't it mad? <laughs> Fair fucks, uh, fair fucks. Ahamada, uh, he, he tried to make things happen. And after, when the second goal went in, in he actually played a little one-two, got some space for himself and hit a shot just wide. He actually got a round of applause from yeah. about the 600 people that were left. 
got got he, the man of the, he got the man of the match award. I was going to say he was lucky not to get hooked by Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, mad. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just that sort of thing where I'm like, just try something, just just anything different, because bringing on a defensive midfielder for a defensive midfielder, or you know, playing the same system but with a different player in there doesn't it ain't it ain't going to make a fucking difference. Mm. I also, what I don't understand is that I'm pretty sure the last time they got more than five minutes together, Edouard and Mateta was Wolves at home. Yeah, yeah. And they played they played up front for a bit of Villa away when they looked good together and Mateta set up Edouard. Yeah. So it's all, it's not like it. he's tried it loads and it's never worked. It's Worked to Plymouth. Yeah. Like it was, you know, it's just, there's clearly an understanding between them. I don't know. He's got to try something different. Yeah. Whether he will or not is another another question. Um, okay, so <clears throat> in the wider context, we talked last week about Parrish looking at the number of points over a 10-game period is kind of how he judges whether a manager's in trouble or not. That might take long. <laughs> well, so obviously in the analysis, we had it that lose at West Ham, win against Bournemouth. Uh, but then it would be the next three games that would prove difficult. Uh, but obviously, we've drawn at West Ham and lost to Bournemouth. So we're now on nine points in our last 10 games. And that's acceptable. That's okay. But it's what happens in our next three games is then, you know, lose to Liverpool, it goes down to eight points. Lose to City, it goes down to five points. Lose against Brian, it goes down to four points. So just basically on that scale and especially considering Vieira ended on going down to five points in the last 10 games of a defeat against Brighton it's still looking like it's pretty much curtains at that point if it's not before I guess it depends if Liverpool annihilate us which they've done under Hodgson before have they? Mm-hmm. thankfully none of us was there yeah <laughs> well did you see see Klopp last night in his post-match interview I think we've rattled him he's oh, rattled what's he done? <laughs> you have to dig it out. I have to say, as a as a separate, uh, as an aside, I don't know if you watched any of the games on Amazon over the, obviously you boys were at the ground yesterday, but the Amazon coverage, as good as it is, because you've got the choice of all the games, they do they do renegade things like they interview managers at half-time. So oh. they were interviewing the, the uh, Wolves manager, the fucking Bournemouth manager, as he was walking up the touchline back to his seat. Yeah, we played good first half. It's, it's, it's madness. But anyway, look up the Liverpool post-match interview because Klopp comes out onto the pitch, picks up a microphone and the lead presenter says something like, uh, good performance, whatever. And then we and then we go to Saturday's game, your favourite kickoff time, <laughs> obviously, being sarcastic. And and Klopp fucking loses it. <laughs> goes goes proper, shuts up, shuts up shop Klopp. Wow, well, you're, you're trying to be funny. What, what? And uh, yeah, and then the, the guy, the guy at the end who's trying to recover says something like, "You know, good luck for Saturday." And he says, "Well, I'm sure you'd say the same to Crystal Palace," and just throws the microphone down and walks off. <laughs> it's worth looking if you like. A, if you like a rattled clop, was it's it definitely a, worth checking out. Was it a German? Let's not take the piss here. It was, do you know what? Yeah, let's uh, go on. Go on, Terence. <laughs> well, he's, no, he's definitely he, he is that 12.30 kick or time BT Sport kick or time he hates it and I'm sure yeah. BT Sport do it just to annoy him now 
because they probably think it's funny. It might be. It must yeah. be a Man City fan working at BT Sport doing the scheduling. <laughs> I respect <laughs> it to be honest. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but to be, to, I'm, I'm with you, Jurgen. No one wants a 12:30 Saturday kickoff. It's the worst. It's the worst yeah, of the lot. Right? That and Sunday, four o'clock away up north. Those are the worst. Yeah. Get lost. <clears throat> so. <laughs> You've sidetracked me now. I've got I've got way off. Um, do you reckon Hodgson would have accepted walking up the touchline at halftime, Albert, being interviewed? No chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially after that first half as well. He'd have got confused and thought it was full time. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right, so yeah, so we're basically. We, we know he's getting closer to that red zone of points in the last 10 games. Now, in his post-match, let's see what he's done here. The fans have been spoiled here in recent times after seeing us do well here and getting good results. <laughs> Next point. I mean... I don't know, you might have seen tweets or stats. Care to guess how many games we've won at Sellers in 2023? I think I know, so I'll let Albert take this one on. Oh, God. I mean, there's no number number low enough to... (laughs) Minus four. I'm going to say an optimistic seven. Oh, your miles are four. Four games. Yeah, like I say, optimistic. And when you factor in those four games, those wins are against like Wolves, Bournemouth, uh, the, and the other two teams are in the fucking championship now, yeah. <laughs> four wins in 2023. In the league, yeah. Wow. So this is where Roy is saying the fans have been spoiled here in recent times after seeing us do well here and getting good results. Define recent times? That's the thing. Like, even if you go back, not this year, even if you go back sort of 10 years, like, we've never been that good at home. The atmosphere has been good up until fairly recently. And the only time we were good at home was Pulis. We were good yeah. at home under Pulis. Yeah. So even if you're going back a decade, that's not true. <laughs> Even like, in the promotion season, we were getting tanked at home by Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what recent times means. I, I guess he tried to backtrack and start talking about what, he, in his mind, Palace are a Division Four club or whatever from when he was growing up. And well, well, in that case, we just lost to Luton, who were in the fucking National League five years ago, Roy. So that's even worse, mate. Mm. yeah exactly yeah nonsense so nonsense mm. so <laughs> so I think we can firmly establish we're not spoiled but Albert did it feel did his post-match comments feel a bit condescending as well in terms of talking down to us a lot of like if you're true fans you'll stick with us just a little whiff just a little mm, of condescension. Just a little. 
soupçon. Soupçon. <laughs> a soupçon of condescension. Um, which I might, might be the name of the beer you drink next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a triple condescender. Uh, uh, yeah, I was, I, I, full time whistle went. We would, we'd had a terrible night's sleep the night before because one child was ill. The second, ki- the second kid was fucking blowing up. It was like, I'm going to fucking bed. And I couldn't sleep. So I was so angry. And then logged onto the old social media and saw all the post, post match comments that we are currently dissecting and was, quietly raging in the dark um which sounds weird saying that out loud <laughs> um, i definitely didn't have the energy for that <laughs> um yeah just like what is he because you you know you see you see the a, a one sentence quote on twitter the fans have been sport in recent years and you've and you know it's why it's there isn't it to make you go okay now what and then you go hang, hang on a minute hang on a minute there's got to be some context to this quote. And you do a bit of digging and you find the video or you find a longer transcript. You're like, no, that hasn't made it any better. <laughs> um, and then, like you say, he goes on to say, you know, we're in a difficult moment. But if they stick with us, if the true fans stick with us, blah, 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 blah. Nah. Sorry, bruv. You've, you've, you've thrown them under the bus. You've thrown everybody under the bus. He's thrown the young players under the bus. He's thrown the fans under the bus. Um, he's got to look inward a, a little bit. Yeah. He's thrown everyone under the bus except from the players that aren't doing it for him, who he defend, yeah, defends yeah. vehemently. Like saying that he didn't see any lack of effort on the night. Well, you were watching a completely different game. And he said, and and that's, he said that as well. He's like, if the fans think that, then, you know, I wouldn't agree with our analysis. It's like, mate, well, I was going to say 25,000 people in the stadium, but there was probably only about 18,000 people in the stadium, to be honest, given the strikes and whatever. Um, yeah, bullshit, mate. Yes, it was the strikes that made me not want to go. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. People were like, there's been some exaggerations. I don't, it's hard to judge how many were in there. But it was probably, probably 19 and a half, 20,000, I reckon. It was a lot less when that second goal went in. What was it? Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this out loud. Wasn't it more the, the, when the, the second the, goal went in? <laughs> that's, that's, very good. that's pretty that good. Very that good. <sighs> but the devil in me was kind of hoping they'd get a third. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, just to like really, you know, make sure. Mainly because, and just another point of last night, at the stadium was the flattest it's been in years. Oh, awful! It was real bad. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> because I wasn't there, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. But upsettingly, as well, a few weeks back, and I mentioned it on the pod, and I went to watch Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, I met a friend of a friend who was never really into football, then moved to London. Um, moved to South London and wanted to support his local team so he supported pa- Pick Palace you idiot and last night was his first ever live game at Sellers. <laughs> uh. I was like mate I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm so sorry you've come in at like basically the doldrums of where it can get yeah that was, that was bad I'm sorry mate the guy who stands in front of me 
um, said that he, it took two hours for him to drive up with his with his son, and his son brought his his best mate for his first ever game of live football as well. I was like, I don't think they're going to be friends for much longer, mate. To be honest, <laughs> and he's and he's got detention at school today because he's going around. You're fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, I mean, Albert's touching on it. He's attacked the youth. He's attacked the fans. Everyone except from the players who play every week. Um, question is now, can he, can he get us out of this hole, Heskiff? Given, given that we know the next three fixtures are Liverpool, City, Brighton. Mm. He's um, never, he, I don't think he's ever beaten Liverpool as Palace manager. I think they've basically duffed us up every time. I think you're right. I can't, right. Even, can't even record a draw, to be honest. I don't know. And be- barely won a game when he was Liverpool manager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you know what? I actually Googled like in prep for this about being spoiled. I just put Hodgson spoiled and the first article to come up was in, um, I think it was on either This Is Anfield or Liverpool Echo or something. It's just been like Hodgson suggesting Palace fans are spoiled after one win and eight. It's just like, they just love putting the boot into Hodgson. They hate him. But yeah, Heskev, do you think he can get us out of the hole? <laughs> they're never forgi- they're never forgiven him for buying Paul Kincheski. Um do I do I think he can get us out of a hole? No, I don't. Um after the game yesterday, uh we we have a chat beforehand and, and I put in the group, I think I think it's time for him to go. And I you know, I wasn't pissed off when I wrote that. I wasn't like spitting feathers, I wasn't anything, I was just sort of it, it, it is what it is. Like, it's just fact. He, I think it's just time for him to go. And both of you replied immediately, I think you're right. I think you're right. Went into Glazers and a pint, said the same to all my mates there. Everyone was like, yeah, I think you're right. It's been a weird season for him because he's been really snippy all season, like Albert touched on. He said weird things. He's dug people out and then backtracked. And you know that he... It's been told to do that. We, we we talked about it when he was slagging off Jez and Franca after Newcastle. And he just seems like he's just not enjoying being a manager anymore, which, you know, is his prerogative, obviously. But it just never felt like, like we've reverted back to how he was when we were saying during his first period as manager that it was one season too long. You know, the 10 games last year were great and fun and we played good football and we scored quite a few goals and we won some games. And that would have been the perfect, like, cool cheers. See you later. But now it's just like, are we waiting for him to go? Are we waiting for Parrish to sack him? Is it going to be a mutual, you know, consent deal? And then you have to ask, like, is it worth keeping him for the next three games? Because we're going to get pumped. Do we want to just go through the motions and get pumped playing like we did last night? Which I don't want to see against Liverpool or Man City. And I certainly don't want to see against Brighton because that would be shit. Um, or do we just say, cool, cheers, the search starts now and get on with it? Because I, you know we've had games where we're like, we're going to give it a good go. We might lose, but we'll give it a good go. I don't even see us giving it a good go at the moment. And that's mm. not me trying to be like a misery or Arsenal fan TV. It's got, he's got to go. That's just like, there's nothing that I've seen over the last <laughs> three or four games that make me think we're going to do anything different to how we did against Luton or West Ham or Bournemouth. So, no, um, I don't think he can turn it around. 
I've just had a quick check. I think Roy has managed nine games against Liverpool for us. Nine losses. I think the aggregate score is (laughs) 29-6 across those nine games. Uh, And and then Vieira, both games under under Vieira. Vieira got two draws. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe Maybe I've added in an extra one of the... Vieira ones or something for Liverpool maybe but I don't know might be seven losses out of seven for Hodgson but it's not just that that tells me that he's not going to dig himself out of this hole let's look at the last 10 games in which we have scored eight goals United away missed that goal Joachim Anderson has absolutely thundered a volley into the top corner Spurs at home Mistake from Spurs. Burnley away. Mistake from Burnley. And then it's a 94th minute goal where Burnley have got all their players in our half and we've caught them on the counter. Everton at home. Penalty. Mistake. Luton away. He's had to run from his own half and bend the boy in the top corner. (laughs) West Ham away. Mistake. So literally the last 10 games, every goal we've scored... It's either been a penalty, a weldy, or a mistake made by a defender. So yes, so we score all the types of goals, <laughs> except from normal goals. We don't yeah. score oh, any yeah, those normal ones. goals. You know, those, oh, yeah. they're just like well-worked, nice goals. No, no thanks. Spoiled you are. Mm. <laughs> what do you want? A well-worked goal? What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? A solid, positive performance with no defensive lapses. I'd a top just, corner finish from our centre half at Old Trafford. What do you want? I'd just like Elise to cross a corner and Anderson's head it in. Or are you just oh, turn cut it one in, back mate. to Edward for a tap in? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just don't see how he gets out of that hole. I'd, City, I don't know, maybe we're going to catch him in a blip because results have dropped off for them in the last couple of games but they re- are by you that- fucking mad well by that time <laughs> well by that time we need to get it'll be the fourth game in a row for them in a blip that never happens to Pep's teams that like, just doesn't no. happen like so we've missed we've missed the blip it's too late they've drawn one lost one that won't Grealish that won't continue. Grealish fucking brace <laughs> definitely Grealish brace some prick that never gets a fucking game Calvin Phillips off his arse, that'll go in. Calvin Phillips, fucking man of the match performance incoming. It will be, if it's not, that Doku guy up against Joel Ward would just... Oh my Lord, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Count Doku. (laughs) Who is basically uh, Wilf Zaha regen, can I just point out? Like that's that's Zaha if it had gone well at United uh, or slash a another yeah. big club. Yeah, well, exactly. Zaha at that age, if they would have just if he could have been in that city side and they could just give him the ball and say just run at people, don't worry about what happens. Carnage. Mm. Indeed. So, so he's lost. He's lost the kids. He's lost the fans. He's lost the plot. <laughs> he's lost <laughs> his car keys. Probably. He's lost pretty much every game. Five, five of the last seven. Um, do you think he makes it past Liverpool on the weekend? Quick, quick sample or beyond? What, at what point do you think he gets sacked? Uh, hang on, several questions there. Does he make it beyond Liverpool? Yes. 
Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I does, he make it, does he make I, it beyond City? Yeah. yeah. I reckon we'll lose to Brighton and he'll get the he'll get the tin tack. Okay. Good. The thing as well, which I haven't mentioned, and I'll keep it short. <laughs> you know, th- 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 there's an argument which I think is also true that we didn't, we haven't bought properly for the squad for a little for a little while. We didn't, and in Vieira's second season, and we didn't last season this summer. And I think that that's true, but it can also be true that Roy is not trying to get anything out of some of the players that we bought in. So I do understand that that is an argument and Roy can only work with what he's got, but he's only working with half of what he's got as well. And when you're playing games every three days, like we are, and that we will be over Christmas, and he's not rotating and he's not giving people chances, this injury list is going to ramp right back up because we ain't got the capacity to do that. Well, as I said, I think last week... Michael Elise, give him eight minutes, ease him in, and then just whack him in for 115 minutes, whatever it was against Luton. How's how's that? What did he do? Did he tear his groin or something? What did, I can't remember what he did. Achilles, oh, calf or something, I don't know. Whatever, just how's it doing? How's it feeling? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. <clears throat> I think... Things are ruptured in the background. I think the relationships are fraying all over the place, and it's going to be. Um, yeah, I just can't see how he survives the season unless he just manages to pull something out of his ass in the next few games. But it's Chelsea after Brighton. At Chelsea, it's not getting much easier, is it? Our record there is appalling as well. So, yeah. Oh well. Well, I'm glad we had this chat. Cool. <laughs> I feel much better now. Well, we can reconvene next week. Brilliant. Talk a bit <laughs> about how we got on against Liverpool. Talk a bit about how we think we might get out against Man City. <laughs> oh. What do you think? What do you think he's got to do to not? If, if we're if we're sitting here saying he gets to the Brighton game, if he loses, he's going to go. What do you think is? How do you think he stems the tide? Getting a point out of those three, getting three points out of those three. Oh, I think any any, any point out of those three, a point out of any of those three, and I think he's probably going to cling on. And then you, and then sure, you just never know what you can fucking get with Chelsea this season. So mm. you you can go down and get a win. I, I wouldn't write that off in the way I have in previous seasons, but. Yeah, so you never know what you're getting with them. So maybe if if he if he can somehow find four points in the next four, he probably stays alive. But We're not getting you know, Eze back for that Chelsea game, are we? No, it's hard to know what's going on there. Even that's weird. Everything yeah. that comes. Oh, I was making a joke, and you guys didn't realise I wasn't making a that I was making a joke about he's at loggerheads with the physios and the medical staff or whatever. Just like this is weird. Like, why are you talking about this stuff? Yeah. You, you, just everything about it seems bitter and spiky, like all the time, and weird. Just him, just constantly, you know, someone with his amount of experience. Is it, it mate? He's just got to that stage in life. He don't give a fuck, and he just says whatever he wants. But my nan is very similar. Yeah, <laughs> she says way worse stuff. Between me and I. 
just out of interest, what formation does she tend to go with? <laughs> Big one up top, if my granddad was to be believed. <laughs> 11 back to where they came from. <laughs> Kind of like that's up there with a more joke, but just in a very darker sense, I reckon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So next Wednesday we'll be recording normal time, so we'll be back into your inboxes on Thursday normal time. So I think we're all in line for that one. Albert's like, don't know, maybe. I thought we agreed to do it on a Tuesday next week, so I'm well oh, did we? Here. Did we not? Let's just do some yes, admin on air. Yes, we did. Yes, <laughs> we, we did. did. Uh, Tuesday my... next week. Yeah, see you next Tuesday, Heskiff. But you might still hear it on Thursday anyway. Who knows? You might bo- you might get bonus bonus lucky hearing it on a Wednesday instead. So who you knows? Lucky, lucky people. Spoiled, you are. Spoiled. And what better way to end it? Thanks for listening, and until next time, up the palace, you spoiled bastards. <laughs> <laughs>